From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, Mike De Niro, and today we have a super stacked show for you, and I gotta play some catch-up, so I'm gonna be talking about last weekend's Money in the Bank, I'll be talking about AEW from this past week, and we'll be going back in time to Monday Night Raw, Raw is War, and to WCW Nitro from April 7th, 1997, so we have a lot to talk about. But first, I want to thank all my wrestling fans, all my wrestling DeLorean passengers from all around the wrestling world. Thank you so much for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. I appreciate everybody who makes this podcast what it is today. Thank you for all the support. Without you, there is no me. I salute you guys. If you don't already, follow along on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. And follow on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. Ladies and gentlemen, the Wrestling DeLorean Pod is no longer my only podcast. The Circle of Debate is a podcast I've been appearing on for a little bit over two months now. And it is official. They made me an official member of the Circle of Debate. So shout out to the Circle of Debate. Shout out to my homie, the devious one, Ivan. To the director, Chris. To Matt Callis. Shout out to Mike Lopez. Shout out to everybody in Circle Debate. I appreciate you guys. You can check us out every Thursday and Friday night live on YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. So let's get into the Super Stacks show right now. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for allowing me into your Monday morning routine like you do every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I am so appreciative of all the support. I took a week off. There was a lot of changes that took place last week. I officially started as a full-time member of the Circle of Debate podcast. So, basically, I will be on the Circle of Debate every Thursday and Friday. And a New Japan special every Tuesday talking about the G1 Climax. So, definitely, if you're a fan of Mike De Niro and you're a fan of what we do here on the Wrestling DeLorean podcast, you would definitely be a fan of the Circle of Debate. So, make sure you tune into the Circle of Debate. My other podcasts, Mi Familia, I am one-fifth of the greatest faction in the motherfucking wrestling world. Anyway, if you want to support the Wrestling DeLorean podcast, all you got to do is cop some merchandise. Cop yourself a shirt. And where can you cop a shirt? Three Falls Brand, the best rock and wrestling merchandise on the motherfucking planet. But I'm going to let the CEO and co-founder of Three Falls Brand, Mean Gene, tell you all about the company right now. Hey, listeners. This is Mean Gene of Three Falls Brand. Are you a fan of wrestling? Are you also a fan of rock music? If so, 
Check out threefallsbrand.com for all your WrestlePunk merch. We've got tons of wrestler and band mashup designs to choose from, whether it be RVD and Black Sabbath, Atsushi Onita and the Lower Class Brats, Doink the Clown and the Addicts, or Mortis and the Misfits. We've got you covered. Also, follow us on Instagram at threefallsbrand. Again, check us out at threefallsbrand.com and on Instagram at threefallsbrand. Thanks, and continue enjoying this episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. So like I said, I, I took a week off, and with that, there's a lot of catch-up work. There's a lot of shit I gotta, you know, talk about because, yeah, I, I've been on other podcasts, but you know, I got my wrestling Delorean fans who want to know what my thoughts are on some things. So I gotta take it all the way back to last weekend. I gotta take it all the way back to the WWE Money in the Bank. And first and foremost, I want to give a big shout out to friend of the podcast, Liv Morgan. I am so extremely happy. If you remember, back in December, I had a podcast entitled, Can Morgan Live Up to the Hype? And it was that podcast that caught the, the, the attention of Liv Morgan. And it was also that podcast where I was talking about how I see a lot of potential in Liv Morgan. So it was great to see her fulfill what I think something that she's been deserving of. Fulfill her hard work and become the newest WWE Women's Champion. She did not only win the Money in the Bank ladder match, but she cashed in that night against Ronda Rousey and won. So here's the thing. Personal reasons, big shout out to Liv Morgan for personal reasons. I'm a big fan of her, and I, I am happy to see her, you know, climb up the ladder and become the champion. Now... I'm going to be realistic with you. As much of a fan of Liv Morgan I am, I really hope that they don't waste this title run. I really hope that this is a meaningful title run. I hope that this is not a transitional title. You know, Ronda Rousey was the biggest draw in the women's division at the current time point. So for Liv Morgan to beat Ronda Rousey, that's a big deal. Now let's see what the WWE does with this. Talk about the money in the bank. We also got to talk about who won the men's money in the bank. It was a man who lost his U.S. title earlier on in the show to Bobby Lashley, Austin Theory. Now, Theory is a guy that WWE's been giving a hell of a push to. He wasn't even booked for the money in the bank ladder match, but was a last minute addition and won the matchup. And I see a lot of people are pissed off. A lot of people are like, yo, this fucking sucks. Austin Theory's getting jammed down our throat. Austin Theory doesn't deserve it. I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm going to tell you this right now. Austin Theory is a good wrestler. I'm not too big on the selfie uh, gimmick. Shit reminds me a lot of Tyler Bate. But here's the thing. When you break it down, Austin Theory is a good wrestler. He's a young guy. He's obviously culturable. And right now, he has the respect and the eye of the higher-ups in the WWE. Which, by the way, we're going to talk about Vince McMahon and that whole shit that came out during the week. I'm just trying to go, you know, in order of the week here. But we'll, we'll talk about Vince McMahon. Trust me. We're going to be talking about Vinny Mac and his forever ongoing scandal. But anyway, Austin Theory 
he he has a great you know look. He has in ring talent. He could talk on the mic. I understand if people feel like he's getting shoved down our throats, but I I also am first to call out WWE every time to say they don't make new stars. So I'm not going to be mad at the WWE for trying to make a new star out of Austin Theory. If Austin Theory becomes a star in the WWE, that's a good thing because guess what? The WWE is lacking star power. They're going back to the well with Roman versus Brock 49, like whatever, how many times, right? So I'm like, I don't get it. What do you guys want to see? Would you rather the WWE try to push new guys, new faces to create new stars? Or would you rather the same old faces in the main event? Me, personally, I would like to see new stars being made. I think Austin Theory is a great wrestler and could be a big star in the WWE. I'm not mad at it. And talking about a guy who could be a big, big star in the WWE, Montez Ford. A lot of talk coming out this week saying that there could be a potential singles push for Montez Ford. Montez Ford has everything from charisma to athleticism to in-ring talent to psychology to ability to agility. Like, Montez Ford is the complete package, and I think that it would be amazing to see what this man could do on a singles push. But that's not to say that I want to see the Street Profits break up. The Street Profits had a classic against the Usos at Money in the Bank. Absolute phenomenal matchup. I don't think that the Street Profits have to break up for them to give Montez Ford a singles push. Look at what they did with the New Day. The New Day was a trio, a tag team, a faction... And they gave Kofi Kingston a singles push and the world title. They gave Big E a singles push and the world title. They gave Xavier Woods the king of the ring. All three men got a singles push. They didn't have to break up the team. So the rumor right now is that, you know, they're going to break up the Street Profits. You don't got to do that. Why can't everybody, like, still get along and go do their own thing and then come back to the team when it's, you know, necessary? I feel like the WWE goes to the well with that one too many times where it's like, oh, well, you know what? We want to give this guy a singles push. We have to have his teammate turn on him. That's not necessary every single time. But definitely, the Street Profits versus the Usos was a fucking classic. That matchup was phenomenal. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Now... Let's talk about Vince McMahon. Since we're on the subject of the WWE, let's talk about Vince McMahon. It came out that on, well, it came out on Friday, Wall Street Journal, who was the publication that broke the news the last time about what Vince McMahon had going on, about Vince McMahon's fucking scandal about the hush money and the $3 million and all that, right? It came out this week from the Wall Street Journal that Vince McMahon paid $12 million to four women over the past 16 years to stop allegations of sexual misconduct, infidelity from becoming public. 
And it is also rumored that one of the women was a former WWE talent. I am not surprised. And I'm going to tell you this right now. I don't feel like we're done. There's investigations going on. There's more allegations that are going to come out. I feel like at this point, there's going to be more of a black eye on the WWE the more shit comes out. So it would be smart. It would be the smart move for Vince McMahon to just go away. Listen, you made your mark on the business. Every single wrestling company today is mirroring what you did in the 80s. You took the territory system and you destroyed it. But in the meantime, you made the WWE a global phenomenon. Your style of wrestling, your touring brand, you created what every other company is trying to do today. Whether they want to consider themselves an alternative or not, since the WWE did what they did, every company since then tried to be the WWE. The legacy of the WWE is what you created, Vince. The legacy of the WWE is what you created and it is what it is today. And the more shit that comes out, the more is going to put a black eye on the WWE. So either one or two things is going to happen. Because I know everyone's been talking about this topic ad nauseum. So I'm not going to really go full in depth. But I'm going to tell you this. One or two things are going to happen. Either the WWE gets rid of Vince McMahon. The board of directors gets rid of Vince McMahon. Or Vince McMahon steps down. Allowing the WWE to go on and flourish without the black eye of Vince McMahon's allegations. Or Vince McMahon's ego is going to go down with the ship because he's going to want to stick around thinking everything is fine. And if that happens, I guarantee you, this is not going to be the easiest brand, the easiest entity to sell. This is not going to be a brand that companies will want to buy. This is not going to be a brand that companies will not want to show on their network if the owner and CEO of the company is sticking around after sexual misconduct allegations. We live in a different world. We live in the cancel culture world. We live in the me too world that this shit does not fly anymore. So once again, either it's time for Vince McMahon to step away or his ego is going to allow him to go down with the ship. And that's my opinion. When we come back, we're going to be talking about AEW Dynamite from this past week. And don't forget, it is Monday. So that means we're going back in time later on in the show. And we're going to be going all the way to April 7th, 1997. We'll be talking about both Nitro and Monday Night Raw, Raw is War, from April 7th, 1997. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with my AEW review from this past Wednesday. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. 
and Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, The Battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Shout out to all my MDK gang members around the world. Shout out to all my boys locked up in the cells. Eastern Flock. Shout out to my hate club. Rest in peace, Big Day Hatred. And rest in peace, my brother Justice Payne. And I'm sending this video to my motherfucking boy, my gang member, Mike De Niro. And Mike, I want to start this off by saying thank you, man. For repping the MDK gang the right way, I want to say thank you. Like I tell the rest of the people, and I keep telling them and telling them, Mike, if it wasn't for you or the rest of the gang, me, Nick Gage, I wouldn't be here right now, Mike. And I definitely wouldn't be doing what I love. That's professional deathmatch wrestling. So I just wanted to say thank you, Mike. And I want to let all my MDK gang members know to go check out the Wrestle Delarain podcast. I was on it. It was a dope-ass podcast. We had awesome conversation. It was one of my favorite podcasts I did. And I don't do too many. And I've done some big ones. And this one was one of my favorites. 
to go check out the Delarain Podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. They do this shit three days a week. So from the king of this shit, from the god of deathmatch wrestling, go check out the Delarain Podcast. And remember, they do it three times a week. They ain't slacking, they're on top of their game. They do it Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you know what it is. It's MDK all fucking day. And Mike, I would love to be on your podcast again, man. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. We're about to get into AEW Dynamite from this past Wednesday. Woo! That was a lot to say. This past Wednesday was the tale of Wardlow. Opening contest, Wardlow versus Scorpio Sky. And Wardlow is now your brand new TNT champion. Shout out to Heel Liz. I know that made her happy. I'm going to tell you this right now. It made me happy. I personally think that Wardlow has the potential to be the greatest homegrown talent in AEW. Yes, bigger than Darby, bigger than Jungle Boy, bigger than whoever. I'm going to tell you this right now. Wardlow has all the potential. He's a five-tool player, and he has the potential to be a megastar in the world of professional wrestling. So when the iron is hot, you got to strike. So I'm glad that Wardlow is getting this push. I'm glad that Wardlow is getting some gold because right now Wardlow is hot. And before they wait too long, which we've seen in the past, there's times that AEW waits too long. I am glad that Wardlow is your new TNT champion. Yes, I feel bad for Scorpio Sky, though, and I'm going to tell you why. Scorpio Sky did not get a fair share of TV time. Scorpio Sky did not get a fair shake as a champion and never really got to defend that title. He he, he won the title, then lost the title to Sammy Guevara, then won the title a couple weeks back. And it's like, why did he have to lose it in the first place to Sammy just to win it right back? Why did they not pull the trigger and make him a babyface? Because if you remember the ladder match he had with Sammy Guevara, Scorpio Sky was getting a babyface fucking pop from that crowd. And the next week on Rampage, AEW had the nerve to fucking tell the crowd, you're wrong for cheering. Because they kept him a heel. Even though the crowd wanted to be behind Scorpio Sky, they forced you not to be. So, with that being said, Scorpio Sky did not get a fair shake as your TNT champion. But, it is unfortunate. It had to, you know, come to an end. But I wouldn't have changed the outcome of this matchup for nothing. Because Wardlow right now is on the verge of being one of the biggest stars in AEW. So, right now, like I said, you gotta strike while the iron is hot. Wardlow as champion... As TNT champion makes sense right now. I look at Wardlow as, you know, the new Bill Goldberg. And I'm not talking about what many younger generation fans see of Goldberg today. I'm talking about Goldberg 1998, WCW, the street Goldberg, running through people like it's nothing, going on a war zone. Going on a war path, I should say. Goldberg did not just jump into world championship matches. Goldberg, if you remember, before anything, he won the U.S. champion from Raven. 
So Goldberg was not jumped right into a world champion. I know everyone's like, oh, well, Wardlow is hot right now. Give him a world title shot. Yes, Wardlow is hot right now, but you cannot just, you know, give the man a title shot just because he's hot right now. You still got to build him up. There's still got to be things for Wardlow to accomplish later on. Because if he accomplishes everything right off the bat, then what is there to do later on? You got to have him go through the build. You got to have him win the mid-card title before you could get to the world title. So I like what they're doing with Wardlow. It is very reminiscent of 1997-1998 Goldberg and the streak. And I think that right now, Wardlow is on the path of being the best homegrown talent that we've ever seen come out of AEW. Other news in AEW, we had an hellacious, hellacious main event between Brody King and John Moxley. This was hard-hitting as hell. This was for the world title. This was the second title match of AEW Dynamite. Really good matchup. Brody King is a star. This man hits hard. The man looks like a million bucks. He's in a fucking rock band. Like, if you haven't heard of God's Hate, go check out God's Hate. Lead singer Brody King is doing his thing. You know what I mean? We got a lot of rock influences in in AEW. You have Every Time I Die, I believe the drummer is The Butcher. Lead singer of God's Hate is Brody King. Lead singer of Fozzie is Jericho. So there's a lot of rock uh, rock bands and rock band players or whatever the word I'm looking for in AEW. So I think it's pretty cool. But anyway, really good matchup. In the end, John Moxley retains his champion. But Brody King came out that match looking like a motherfucking star. Also, it ain't done between Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho. The war is not done. It is announced that Fighter Fest Part 2, which will be coming in two weeks. Well, not this week, but next week. It will be Eddie Kingston versus Chris Jericho in a barbed wire death match live on national TV with the rest of the Jericho Appreciation Society hanging in a fucking shark tank or a shark cage or whatever. I'm going to tell you how I feel about this. As cool as a barbed wire death match sounds between Jericho and Eddie Kingston, this is the second year in a row where blood and guts was not the payoff. And I don't get it. A match like blood and guts, a war games like matchup should be the blow off to feuds. It should not be just another chapter in a feud. Last year when we had the pinnacle and the inner circle in blood and guts, it was literally the first matchup between the pinnacle and the blood the pinnacle and the inner circle. This should not be the first matchup in a feud. This should be the matchup that blows off a feud. And I thought that AEW did it the right way by having Blood and Guts this year being the blow-off because we've seen Anarchy in the Asylum. We've seen many matches between between uh, the Jericho Appreciation Society and the Blackpool Combat Club and Eddie Kingston. So I did not think that this was just going to be another chapter I did not think that this feud was going to go on after this matchup, but it is what it is. As long as this barbed wire death match between Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho is the blow off. I guess Chris Jericho is trying to do a death match every fighter fest. Cause if you remember 
last Fighter Fest, it was Chris Jericho versus Nick fucking Gage. And Gage tore his ass up in a death match. So maybe this is going to be Chris Jericho's thing. Maybe he wants to be in death matches every Fighter Fest. All I know, though, is this better be the end. And it better be clear what Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho's next move after this matchup is because it's time to move on. It's time to move on because I don't want this storyline getting old. Ladies and gentlemen, when we come back from this commercial break, we're going to be going back in time to April 7th, 1997. It is Raw is War versus Monday Nitro, the Monday Night War. We're going to be talking all about it when we come back. So strap on your seatbelt, hop into the wrestling DeLorean, and let's go all the way back to 1997. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The chopper and bang out. bang out. Pull the alarm, let it rang out. Rang out. Down for the count with the fangs out. Fangs Cobain out. in the brain with that thing out. Rah. I am the shit and you not. Nah. Not putting my feelings aside. Nah. If you ain't shitting, then get off the pot. Give me a mirror, I'll look at a god. Yeah. That's blasphemous. Make them all bow like Ramesses. Give sight to the blind. I swear they can't see till they're clearing my sight like Lazarus. My soul got that all seeing eye. Uh, that Pegasus stallion fly. fly. The beginning, the genesis. Fuck on my nemesis. Chopper was strongly denied. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Monday, and you know what that means. It is the fight for Monday night, and we're going old school because we're bringing back the Monday Nitro reports. We're going to be talking about WWF Monday Night Raw versus Monday Nitro, 1997, April 7th. And listen, I know I haven't talked about Nitro for a while. I know I kind of got turned off of the product, but we're going back. We're going to be talking about both shows going forward. So let's get into the super stacked episode of the Fight for Monday Night right now. Just because it has been months since we talked about WCW Nitro, we're going to start it off. With WCW Nitro, April 7th, 1997, 
we see highlights from Spring Stampede where we got Macho Man, Randy Savage, and Kimberly, where Macho Man's grabbing Kimberly by the hair. He he's about to slap Kimberly Page when Eric Bischoff tries to stop him, but Macho Man stops and he slaps Eric Bischoff. Slaps the shit out of him, actually. And now it is said that we have dissension within the NWO. We have turmoil in the NWO. We see highlights of Macho Man and DDP. Macho Man snaps. He hits a referee with the pile driver. That was the main event of Spring Stampede. Macho Man and Diamond Dallas, and it was an absolute war. We start off the show, though, with Conan and Hugh Morris versus Alex Wright and Psychosis. Lots of speed and agility by Alex Wright and Psychosis. Big corkscrew moonsault by Psychosis to the outside on Hugh Morris. Conan and Hugh Morris are outpowering Wright, but Psychosis and Alex Wright bringing the speed to the matchup. Morris hits a big moonsault on Wright for the win. Lots of action in this matchup. I still don't know why, though, Conan is in the Dungeon of Doom. That shit don't make no sense. Conan in the Dungeon of Doom fits as much as fucking Brock Lesnar in the fucking Spirit Squad. I don't get it. Next, we got a really good matchup where it was very physical. It was technical wrestling versus high-speed luchador style. It is William Regal versus Rey Mysterio Jr. During the matchup, though, we see the NWO arrive, but not the whole NWO. We got division here. It is just the arrival of Hulk Hogan. Uh, we got Ted DiBiase, Eric Bischoff, and Vincent. But back to the match, Regal's really taking to Ray right here. Ray is trying to use his speed and style to get back into the matchup, but he is unable to really get an upper hand on Regal. Regal's using his catch-as-catch-can European style to really ground and pound Rey Mysterio. But eventually he does get somewhat offense in. He hits a flying head scissors from the top rope. Regal puts on a tight Regal stretch on Ray. Ray gets to the ropes, but Regal refuses to break the hold, so Regal is DQ'd. Prince Iakea, who has a title matchup tonight, he's the TV champion, but Regal puts a stop to him too and puts him in the Regal stretch. We got another pull, uh, another limo pulling up. This time we got Macho Man, we got Six, we got Kevin Nash, Buff Bagwell, Scott Norton, and the fake sting. Uh, Ice Train versus Chris Benoit took place on the show. During the matchup, we see the first half of NWO confronting the other half of NWO. Back to the match, Chris Benoit defeats Ice Train. We got, you know, Hector Guerrero versus Kevin Sullivan. This matchup was not really a nothing matchup. NWO makes their way to the ring. This is the whole story of the show. NWO makes their way. Hogan claims that Kevin Nash is jealous of Hogan. He says that Hogan is hanging with Rodman and Kevin Nash is hanging with his little friend Six. Kevin Nash says he has nothing but respect for Rodman. He has nothing but respect for Hogan. Hulk Hogan says he wants to know where the hell has Scott Hall been? Kevin Nash says that Scott Hall is NWO for life, so you don't got to worry about Scott Hall. Hogan said, well, listen, if you got a problem, Nash, we could get it on right now, brother. Kevin Nash says NWO is for life. That's not a catchphrase. He said, him and Hogan, we're too sweet. No worries, ain't no problem. So they too sweet each other. The crowd chants Sting. They want Sting to come out. Hulk Hogan says that Nash and him are cool, they're for life, but... Macho Man Randy Savage and Eric Bischoff got to get this shit straight. There cannot be division in the NWO. Macho Man says he has Eric Bischoff on a personal probation. He says as long as I'm on your probation, you're on my probation, we could get along. All is well. 
So, all is well with the NWO again. Ric Flair comes out to the ring after this. He has an interview with me and Gene Oakland. Ric Flair says that he and Rowdy Piper are ready to go to war with the NWO. They are joined by Kevin Green, all-pro Carolina Panther player. So it looks like the NWO is going to be on a collision course with Ric Flair, Roddy Piper, and Kevin Green. We got a matchup between Chris Jericho and Dean Malenko for the U.S. world title. This would be a good matchup, I thought, but the matchup was very, very, very short. And in the end, Dean Malenko wins. This is not the time period where Chris Jericho and Dean Malenko go on their full-edged feud. That's a little later in this uh, timeline, but I can't wait for that to happen because that's real memorable stuff. The original list of Jericho and his 1,004 holds, if you remember that. We next get High Voltage versus Public Enemy, who comes out to a big pop with the fans waving their hands back and forth like they used to do in ECW. Public Enemy gets the win. We next get Ultimo Dragon versus a very injured Prince Iakea. This was a quick matchup. Prince Iakea wins the matchup and becomes the new TV champion. Scott Steiner versus the Giant, supposed to be in the main event, but before the matchup starts, they're attacked by the Dungeon of Doom. Scott Steiner and the Giant take out the Dungeon of Doom, and then basically shake hands and walk off before they can have a match. This I didn't get. It was like, come on, man. This is supposed to be the main event. You're not even going to have it. So the real main event was Ultimo Dragon versus Prince Ikea. Anyway, to end the show, Diamond Dallas Page comes out. He makes his way to the ring. He talks about how no one believed he would be in the main event two years ago, but he is an anomaly. He said that he is a main eventer. He said that, Savage, if you would have smacked my wife like you threatened to do, I would have killed you. Diamond Dallas says that Savage has, if he has the guts, get your ass out here and let's do it again. Randy Savage comes out on crutches. Hulk Hogan comes out and stops Randy Savage. He tells him, this one's on me, brother. He brings out the whole NWO, and the NWO surrounds the ring against Diamond Dallas Page. All of a sudden, lights go out, and from the rafters comes the icon Sting. Sting comes out. He points a baseball bat at Hulk Hogan. He gives a baseball bat to Diamond Dallas, and Diamond Dallas and Sting run off the whole entire NWO. NWO retreats. Really good ending to the show. The show was a pretty lackluster. But a good ending with Sting and Diamond Dallas running off the NWO. So I'm not mad at it. I'll live with it. Let's get into Raw is War, April 7th, 1997, the same night. We got highlights of Mankind throwing a fireball in Undertaker's face. We get the iconic Raw is War intro. And we are starting it off hot with Owen Hart and Bridge Bulldog. They come out and they thank Bret Hart for bringing the family together. And they start talking shit about America. They said that Bret Hart is not here tonight. But Shawn Michaels is, and if Shawn Michaels says a word about Bret Hart tonight, they're gonna take Bret. They're gonna take Shawn Michaels out. Opening matchup: We got Owen Hart and the British Bulldog defending their tag team titles against the Godwins. Owen Hart and Bulldog get the win. After the matchup, the Legion of Doom comes out to confront the Hart Foundation. The Godwins go to throw slop on the Hart Foundation, but accidentally, they throw slop on the Legion of Doom, and that's how that ended. I thought that was a little stupid. Anyway, we got Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Billy Gunn up next. Billy Gunn is accompanied to the ring by the Honky Tonk Man. Austin just absolutely decimates all matchup. He hits a low blow right in front of referee Tim White. God rest Tim White's soul. Tim White, he warns Stone Cold. He said, ain't no low blows in this match. As soon as he turns around, Stone Cold flips him off. Classic Austin 316. Austin wins with the stunner. 
after the match, Honky Talk Man, he tries to encourage Billy Gunn to join him. Billy Gunn basically takes out Honky Talk Man with a punch, and he says that he will not join him. So, with that being said, it looks like Honky Talk Man tried to get both Jesse James and Billy Gunn to join him. They didn't join. They both turned on Honky Talk Man. Is this the way that the New Age Outlaws come together? It's going to be interesting. We next get the debut of the leader, the commander of the Truth Commission. He was talking a lot of weird shit. I don't even know. He was talking about how he praises Bret Hart for shitting on America. He says, I will show you the true meaning of disgrace and democracy. Like, bro, what the fuck? Anyway, we got the in-ring interview with Shawn Michaels. HBK says that he is used to getting jacked in the jaw for talking too much. But... You know, he, he's, he's used to it, so what Bret Hart did to him last week ain't nothing new. He says that he wants to get something off his chest. He said that Bret Hart is not all of a sudden a bad guy. Bret Hart always been a bad guy. He says that they hate each other's guts, and it goes back for years, whether it's in front of the camera or not. Sean says if Bret Hart could make a buck, he would sell his mother. That, that, them's, them's fighting words. Shawn Michaels says that Bret Hart won his first world title in 1992, and Shawn Michaels praised him. He supported him. And Shawn Michaels was the first in line to congratulate him when he came back from the curtain. But when Shawn Michaels beat Bret Hart at WrestleMania 12, Bret Hart threw a hissy fit, Bret Hart went away, Bret Hart took months off, and he did not respect Shawn Michaels the same way that Shawn respected him. So he says that Shawn Michaels... Well, he says that Bret Hart... You said you come back to the WWE to be a hero that has a bunch of horse shit. He used the WCW as leverage only to come back for the almighty dollar. And in spite of Brett, Sean starts dancing. He says, you want to talk about how I'm just a stripper? Well, here we go. I'll strip for you, Brett. Which was a really weird line. But then Shawn Michaels starts stripping. Owen Hart and the British Bulldog come out. Shawn Michaels grabs a chair and Owen Hart and the Bulldog decides to turn back and retreat. We next get a no-holds-barred exhibition between Vernon White and Ken Shamrock. This was basically an MMA matchup. And it was really a showcase of Ken Shamrock, and Ken Shamrock beat this boy down. He left Vernon White a bloody, bloody mess in the middle of the ring. Jim Ross interviews Ken Shamrock. Ken says that he lost his temper a little bit. He apologizes, but, you know, that's how it goes in the, in the world of extreme fighting. Vader comes out, he interrupts Ken Shamrock, he wants a match with Ken Shamrock. That's going to be interesting. Shamrock versus Vader, I'm all for. Gorilla Monsoon says tonight's main event between Psycho Sid and Mankind is off because Sid isn't here. He doesn't know why. He says that Sid was supposed to be here, he was supposed to fight Mankind, but Sid has not made the show, he no-showed the show, there's no one who could get in touch with him. So he said, what's going to happen is tonight, Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to pull double duty. He will be going against Mankind. And if Stone Cold wins, he will get a shot at Bret the Hitman Hart. Austin confronts Gorilla Monsoon, and he says that he isn't wrestling unless he makes it official that it will be Bret Hart versus Austin April 20th at In Your House. Austin says, give me Bret's ass or you could kiss my ass, Gorilla Monsoon. Mankind comes out to the ring. He cuts a hellacious promo, an amazing promo, how he needs The Undertaker to feel how it is to live a life like Mankind lives, a life where he is joked on and bullied in the airport and everyone points and laughs at him. 
a life where he was burnt in Japan, comes home and his wife says, what's that burning smell? And it took mankind a couple hours to realize that that burning smell was his own flesh. This was just hellacious. He tells him that families don't order the pay-per-view because he will not stop until The Undertaker is nothing but a random pile of body parts. The Undertaker then makes his presence felt with a promo over the loudspeaker saying, Mankind, add in your house. I will bet my ultimate revenge and you will rest in peace. Anyway, this leads to Mankind versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone Cold jump starts the match and beats down Mankind. Stone Cold suplexes Mankind on the steel ramp, which was nasty. The British Bulldog and Owen Hart, they're looking on from the entranceway. They want to get involved, but the Legion of Doom comes off and they run off British Bulldog and Owen Hart. Vader comes out. He goes to hit Austin, but accidentally Vader hits Mankind, throwing the match out. It is a DQ. Mankind gets the victory by DQ. But Stone Cold chases off the Hart Foundation with the Legion of Doom as Vader and Mankind brawl until Paul Heyman tries to break them up. And the show goes off the air with Paul Heyman playing Peacemaker between Mankind and Vader. Now, good main event, but the the whole making Peacemaker between Vader and Mankind fell a little flat compared to WCW Sting running off the NWO. Main event match, I'm giving it to WWF Raw. Main event segment, I'm giving it to Nitro. I think that the overall show goes to Monday Night Raw, though. I think that Raw had a very good showing. Definitely was fun to sit through the whole show where Nitro, I was, you know, looking at the time like, God damn, this shit's still going on. Anyway, April 7th, 1997, the war, the battle of the war goes to Raw is War, WWF. Ladies and gentlemen, catch me tomorrow night on the Circle of Debate. Top five. We're talking about top five G1 Climax winners. That's going to be fucking awesome. Catch me Wednesday here with a new episode of the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. Catch me Thursday on the Circle of Debate. Catch me Friday with not only the Wrestling DeLorean podcast, but a new episode of the LOG podcast. My rap group, the Lords of Gotham. We got our own podcast. We talk about rap. We talk about music. We talk about pop culture and a whole lot more. And if you are not familiar with me rapping, then let's end the show out with the Lords of Gotham's new song, Wolves. Take care, everybody. Love y'all. Here's Wolves. Second tough in the hood Till the wolves come Bitches let a drink in the club Till the wolves come Surrounded by the sheep in the street Till the wolves come Everyone strip on the floor We the wolves done Who can fuck with De Niro? I got a Snyder extender clip So who wanna play hero? Go bad shit like Ozzy I was born in the darkness Oh, you the wolf Till we pull up and you're harmless So pray to Oliver Don Dada The top shotter The top spot Final boss you cross That's when your ride stop Basquiat with that white chalk Trigger finger streets Might leave your brains on the sidewalk Niggas acting tough in the hood Till the wolves come Bitches let a drink in the club Till the wolves come Surrounded by the sheep in the street Till the wolves come Everyone strip on the floor Till the wolves come Heard them got them niggas They be moving in the packs Think the shit is sweet They be plotting in the back 
Summertime, better be careful where you're at. No matter Addy, nigga, we gon' get you where you lack. Dipping, creeping through the night is precise. Catching nigga slipping for his ice worth your life. Answers yes, well, then nigga pay your price. Right or wrong, when you see the moon, it's on sight. South Bronx, midnight, niggas moving packs cause they hunting. I'm moving packs of that onion, but probably packing them something. Catch him slipping with them coals and he ain't telling us nothing. Catch a nigga fooling twice and then I'm pressing that button. Send his ass away, permanent vacate and start bluffing. Must have moved to Honolulu, changed his name to McLovin. Said you know what you know, that's for the pack to remember. And if a nigga leaking these, we gotta. Niggas say the dead don't talk, but that money do. If I put a hole in his melon, I bet his honey do. Shorty keep crying and screaming like that's helping you. Bullets gave his brain a period for that decimal. I think it's like a tough in the hood. To the wolf's call. Bitches love to drink in the club. To the wolf's call. Surrounded by the sheep in the street. To the wolf's call. Everyone strip on the floor. We the wolf's call. Heard them got them niggas, they be moving in the packs. Think the shit is sweet, they be plotting in the back. Summertime, better be careful where you at. No matter Addy, nigga, we gon' get you where you lack. Dipping, creeping through the night is precise. Catching nigga slipping for his ice worth your life. Answers yes, well, then nigga pay your price. Right or wrong, when you see the moon, it's on sight. This episode is brought to you by Columbia Sportswear. It's snowing again. And that wind chill is killer. But you're not worried about that because you shop the Omni Heat Infinity Collection. It's warmth perfected with tiny gold dots that reflect your body heat inside and protect you from the cold outside. No snow or chilly temps can stop you now. Go out anyway. Shop the Omni Heat Infinity Collection now at Columbia.com slash infinity. Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus. This fall, the Disney Bundle has all the action. Holy smokes! Watch live NFL and college football games on ESPN Plus. On Disney Plus, there's Loki Season 2. It's on its way. And Ahsoka. Buckle up. And on Hulu, you can watch The Boogeyman and Welcome to Wrexham. Oh my God, the expectation. All of these and more streaming this fall with the Disney Bundle. Blackouts and restrictions apply. 18 plus only. Access content from each service separately. Offer valid for eligible subscribers only. Terms apply.